Welcome to the 4th Down Experience, the podcast devoted to special teams. Your host of the 4th Down Experience, former pro free agent, nine-year professional kicking coach out of the Midwest, Coach Chris Hughesby. Alongside Coach Chris Hughesby is a former two-time Arena Bowl champ, nine-year pro kicking coach, rep in the South, Coach Brian Jackson. Recovery Edge Therapy's mission is to improve the quality of life of athletes everywhere. From high school to college to pros, their advanced technology will give you the edge needed at a price you can afford. The Recovery Edge Therapy system is simple to use and is an essential tool to enhance your training routine. It's lightweight, portable, and can be worn on any part of the body. The Recovery Edge Therapy system is the solution to eliminating muscle soreness and quickly getting you back on your feet. Increase circulation, reduce soreness, reduce risk of injury, recover faster, and perform better. Order your Recovery Edge Therapy system today at www.recoveryedgetherapy.com. Hey guys, it's Brian Jackson of the 4th Down Experience Podcast. We're glad that you're here listening. We have an awesome guest today. He's a long snapper. Uh, we've been hearing you guys asking for more long snappers, and we're delivering. And we're so glad to have Zach Wood, NFC champ, back-to-back, on the podcast today. Zach, how are you feeling, my man? Uh, doing terrific. How about you guys? Thanks for having me on. Doing great, Zach. Welcome to the 4th Down Experience. Like Brian said, we're excited. Uh, we've had a lot of listeners ask for more snappers. You know, we went on a little run of kickers and punters for a while, and it uh, feels good to change it up, and excited to have you on. You know, your your season's going very well, so uh, let's just start off the interview and just have you talk about the season. What is it like, special teams-wise, and just, just the feeling and the vibe and the hype? Well, I mean, it's unlike any of the I'm down. Um, you know, I, through my career up until this point, I haven't been on winning teams that often. So being on this team with Drew and just watching him do his thing, along with AK and Mark, the offense, and now the defense is rolling, um, and being part of a crew like uh, ours with Thomas and Will, you know, it's incredible. And just a bunch of guys just with the same goal, just all, all winners. And, um, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we recently just had an interview with the Chiefs long snapper, and, and he had mentioned that uh, it's different for him this season, uh, not doing a whole lot of punts and doing a ton of field goal snapping. And that's very similar in your guys' case. Uh, what's that been like for you as a long snapper? It's, you know, you think it'd be easy, but uh, for, for me, I like being, getting in a groove during the game, and I'm not at all complaining about not punting much because that's that means we're winning if we're not punting and uh, I like getting in the groove but you know sometimes it's hard to uh, maybe have one punt in the first half and then another punt like late fourth quarter or something like that it's hard to get in the groove you're kind of trying to stay stay warm the whole game just run around stretching as much as you can but um, luckily we can compensate with um, a ton of field goals and PATs so um, I get some work in that way but it's definitely been interesting. Um, you know, Tom and I have gotten to know each other a lot more on the bench uh, this year since we haven't been out to fun so much. <laughs> you know, what's cool, Zach, is, you know, uh, being from Minnesota, I actually got a chance to watch your game against the Vikings. I, I had a gig where I got to do a little uh, sideline security and, and guard the 
the sideline cart. And what I found what was super interesting is just watching, you know, obviously being a specialist coach, watching your routine, watching Will's routine, watching Morstead's routine, and, and just how you guys go about it. Um, you know, maybe if you're if you can or willing to, you know, tell the tell the listeners kind of what you know kind of pregame routine you you like to go through and and pre-snap routine that you do as a snapper. Uh, that was actually generated a, a question from Matt Matt Smith, actually one of our listeners. Well, mine's a little unorthodox because I haven't always been a snapper. So um, these past two years have kind of been new to me, I'm trying to find what the right routine is for me. Um, so basically, every week leading up to it, there's always something different about how my body's feeling, or you know, just loosening up is a little bit harder sometimes. So my routine changes throughout, you know, week to week. But in terms of just you know snapping specifically, um, I usually get about 30 snaps pregame um, before I snap the tom. Um, I got a guy I snap with. I start at the 10-yard line, make, make my way up to 14, get good and lose, um, doing my snaps and then my, my sets. And then when Tom and I start our uh, our set, I'll get about another 30 snaps in, just up and down the field with him um, every day. Other than that, I try to warm up like a linebacker would. Um, I do a lot of running around, a stretch. Um, I try to get a pretty good sweat in before I start doing my snapping. Nice. Nice. So you had mentioned, uh, Zach, that you, um, you know, weren't a snap. It sounded like you weren't a snapper beforehand. Were, were you a position player? What positions did you play? And then when did you find out that, okay, I'm, I'm going to be more of a long snapper now? Well, um, I've always, at heart, I've always been a defensive end. Um, that's what I always did growing up since Pee Wee. I played defensive end. Um, at SMU, I was playing defensive end, then moved to defensive tackle towards my senior year. I always snapped through high school and college, but I just did it just to do it. You know, everybody always told me the more you could do. Um, so I, I, I kept with it. I did okay with it. It wasn't anything special. Um, and then after my senior year, uh, my I had a good talk with my agent. He was like, you need to start taking the snapping more seriously because you're not that athletic <laughs> to be a professional defense lineman. I was like, okay, I'll take that. And um, so I started doing that. I went to Dallas Day for the Cowboys. Um, it's like a thing they do every year for any any uh, player that went to college, like within 100 miles of the facility, of the Dallas Cowboys facility. So um, I got invited to that because I went to SMU. Um, my agent got me in the day before um, Dallas Day was happening. I got I got in, so I had no idea I was going to be able to do it. Got in last minute, and I went. I snapped and um, went as a defensive tackle as well. Um, the, the defense line coach really liked me a lot, um, and I snapped well enough for the special teams guy to like me, and uh, they brought me in for rookie minicamp. I went in, I was about 290, um, and then I went to minicamp, didn't snap that great, but he was like, hey, we want you to lose some weight, and then we'll bring you back. I lost, I got down about 260 in two weeks. <laughs> wow. And, uh, yeah, I was not in great shape, so it slid right off me. <laughs> so, uh, um, 
got back in two weeks. They signed me again, and then I went through the whole training camp. And I actually, at 260, they played me at nose tackle. Nice. Playing nose tackle, and I was snapping. And um, it was funny because they said, lose weight, and you're just going to come back and snap. So I thought, okay, great. I can, you know, I didn't really lift heavy. I just ran a lot, cut my diet down. As soon as I got there, they're like, hey, you're playing nose tackle now. And I was like, okay, great. So I just went through training camp up until the fourth preseason game. Uh, got cut. And then they signed me back the next year. This is 2017. Um, went through the little training camp again, just snapping this time. Then I got cut. And then the Saints picked me up a week later. And I've been with them ever since. Nice. So what Sorry, is, that was really long. <laughs> no, that's cool. What is the, I'm curious, what is the cut and waiver process like when you, for a snapper? You know, you get released by Dallas. I mean, do you go through waivers, or did your agent just hook you up and say, hey, I, I think the Saints need somebody, or how does that process work? Um, well, they, it was after the preseason game, the fourth one, they cut me. I didn't hear anything. Um, my agent told me, he was like, sit still, keep working out, um, I'm going to have something for you eventually. And um, so that's what I did. I was like, oh, I might have another year of sitting out again. This is, you know, I was a little worried, a little disappointed. And then the ne- that next Thursday, um, I got a call from my agent. I was saying, hey, the Saints are bringing you in for a workout. They like you. They're going to pull the trigger. Um, so I was like, okay, great. Uh, so I flew out that day, worked out the next day. I think it was. Uh, two days before the Monday Night Football game against the Vikings, and um, I was on a roll since then. Wow! Very cool. So the the chemistry and the relationship, uh, perceptionally, just just even on social media, Instagram, Twitter, etc., between you and Morset and and Lutzi, I mean, it looks phenomenal. And obviously, I, I know Will, and uh, just seeing the three of you guys connect, you know, it looks looks great. Like how much of that helps, you know, with the success on the field? Like, enormously. It's, you know, what I, what I like about us three is that we all get it under each other's skin a little bit, <laughs> but, we're, but we're able to get through that. There's a lot of friction. If you would just say week by week, this, we're always, like, bickering at each other about something. And um, <laughs> it's all it's all, it's all out of love and, you know, respect for one, of another, one another, but... You know, Thomas always says you need a little bit of friction to get a fire going. You know, he, he loves that saying, and he says it all the time. So um, we're not we're not afraid of confrontation with each other. Um, you know, we, we both know we want what's best for all of us. So to have that with these two guys, is it's incredible. And having some be honest with you is, you know, more important than anything. So, um, no, we're all, we're all good friends, and we all um, – when you see each other succeed, and I think that's worked out well for us these past two years. Cool. Like the one thing that I really liked with you guys, uh, I've noticed in the last couple of years, is just like this Christmas picture. Like with all, like, are you part of that picture? I think. Yeah, I am. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. talk about that. I mean, those are just like little cool things that that you know I don't know it just intrigues me, and it's kind of cool seeing that little specialist unit type deal, like. Pretty cool. Talk to the listeners about that too. Well, the Christmas thing. So we have, we have a, the Saints host a little Christmas party every year. Um, obviously, during December, a couple weeks before Christmas, and um, 
you know, get out of this free, free food, uh, free drinks. You get to bring your family and your, you know, your wives, girlfriends, and um, you just get to hang out with the whole group. And um, we're real close. And um, last year, well, obviously my first year, so they had a, uh, you know, you take pictures, pictures with Santa. And I'm never too old to do that. So obviously <laughs> I got uh, uh, Tom and Will and all. We started taking pictures with Santa every year. So hopefully we stick together for a while and we can take pictures every year with Santa. I think that's a, that's a good memory to have and we have a lot of fun doing it. Nice. So I always taking pictures with uh, I think like equipment managers. Like there's one here on your Instagram, Stackwood ninety. He said, uh, "Thanks, Blake, for making sure my balls are scrubbed perfectly." For the <laughs> Hashtag ball boy. Like those guys should get so much more credit. Maybe talk about the, that crew there. Uh, I mean, that's that's my buddy Blake. He's he's one of our equipment guys. He he sticks with us most of the time. Um, real good friend, and he approved that caption before I set it out, by the way. <laughs> good. Okay, he didn't get caught off guard. He approved that. So, you know, any, you know, any judgment he got is, is his own doing. And, um, no, but those, those guys, I mean, everybody in the facility that helps, helps us, like, in terms of equipment, the trainers, there's just a, a good... Uh, chemistry between everyone, you know, it's like we're all buddies there. It's not even like going to work. It's it's fun. It's a great atmosphere. You know, we can we can poke fun at each other like that, and um, you know, it's just a good time. Nice. Right, so I was thinking on that topic, Zach, uh, and we've gotten some interesting responses between NFL specialists across the board. Some of, some of it's similar, some of it's different. Like you know, in college, at least when I was at Ball State. Uh, 15, 20 years ago or whatever, the quarterbacks would kick out the balls with the coaches like on a Wednesday and Thursday, and the kickers really didn't get much say. But I, I know we at least were able to see which footballs they picked just so we weren't like too surprised. Like, What's it like in the NFL these days with you know the referees and, and the K-balls, like how much time they have to, to work on them and the equipment managers? Like, What are they doing in the room? And are there officials like? Do you know the details of the process of the K balls before they go out to the field? I'm not. I'm not sure exactly who's in the room. I know. I know Blake does them. The one that was in the picture you were just talking about. Um, Blake does them every week. He does a hell of a job job on them, and I think he gets about twenty minutes total. I'm going to say um, mm-hmm. to do. He'll get about two. The one and two balls. Um, the first two balls he gets done really well, and then the Obviously, the last one, he didn't have enough time to scrub down very, very good. But um, other than that, I'm not sure. I know, I think when we're at home, we do the one, three, and five ball, and the away team does the two, four, and six ball. Nice. See, that's that stuff that just like a whole lot of people don't know about, even us. So, like, so the idea is are those balls that are with the, the, the people that are on the sideline that have the letter K on them, you know. The concept there is those people put in those balls that have been scrubbed down the hardest. That the concept. Yeah, so we'll write. There'll be numbers on the ball. You know, one one to six, and yeah. obviously we want the one and two ball the whole game. Right. Uh, because that's the, that's the most well done ball um, balls that we so we can use. So uh, for me, um, I don't like I don't like the football is very nubby. I like them smoothened out, 
Um, and Blade knows that because it's easier for me to snap. And, um, you know, everybody's different. Some, some of the, I know some of the snappers like uh, nub your balls for grip, um, whatever to their liking, but uh, it's always a little bit different. But, yeah, we try to rotate those one and two balls the whole game if we can. Nice. Very cool. Wanted to ask you a few uh, snapping questions here. We asked James this, and it was kind of fun to hear his opinion. Are you a no look snapper, or do you like to eye down your target? You know, Thomas and uh, I like to. I, like, I have to look. Um, I tried doing the no look, and that was just horrible. I wouldn't be here today if I was doing that one. But um, I definitely like to look. Um, but everybody's different. It's like a golf swing, right? So I mean, everybody has a preference. At the NFL level, do you get special teams coaches that say, hey, I'd prefer you to do it this way, or do they just let it go with whatever got you there in terms of technique? Hey, what's up, 4D Nation? This podcast has been brought to you by NKR, the National Kicking Rankings Platform. It's the new and innovative national evaluation and rankings platform for kickers, punters, and snappers. Launched in 2017, this camp offers you a great balance of athletic evaluation and instruction, You'll get honest feedback and rankings, exposure to college coaches, but this camp is brought to you by credible coaches with experience that will deliver a high-quality and detailed instruction to you. NKR offers an active social media platform that will give you proper exposure to all the collegiate outlets. This camp was developed by Brian Jackson, Chris Hughesby, and Tom Feely using a proven camp format from the last seven to eight years that specialists have come to love. Many of the specialists have received opportunities to play at all collegiate levels, including Power 5 conferences. If you'd like to attend an upcoming camp this offseason, visit www.nationalkickingrankings.com and check out the camps page. Or follow us on social media on Twitter at NKR underscore camps, that's NKR underscore camps, or on Instagram at National Kicking Rankings to learn more about us and follow our growth. Come see what all the hype is all about and check out nationalkickingrankings.com. Well, in Dallas, you know, I was pretty I was pretty new to it and I was still trying to find what I liked most, what fit me the best. Um, so that coach really tried to help me through um, and tell me to do this, tell me to do that. But my coach here, uh, Coach Banta, um, he doesn't really try to mess with me at all. Like, like he's like, everybody's got their own little golf swing. So anything I do that's different, he's fine with just as long as it's, as it's consistent and I'm able to get back and block. So he's not really, you know, a stickler on that kind of stuff. So I've been lucky with that. Okay. Nice. On the snap and hold process, uh, obviously, you know, we've heard Pat McAfee and, and others say, you know, it's this, it's the short snapper's job, uh, to make sure the laces are out. Like, uh, I don't know. Like I don't know if that's necessarily true with everyone. You know, like Morstead seems like a like a you know super professional guy that you know obviously he's a badass holder, badass punter. Like, what does he say to you, Zach? Like, as a veteran in the league and you being a few years, you know, newer in the league as a long snapper. Like, what does he say to you on his expectations or, or how's that conversation going down about uh, the snap hold exchange? Well, I got. I got lucky with Tom. So last year, you know, you can have, when I first started out, I had a lot of nerves, a lot of anxiety going into it, um, wanting to be perfect. Um, but it, I'm sure you, if you know Tom, you know he's very inviting, very welcoming. And he's like, um, 
a very good mentor for you know young guys in the league and he helped me out he's like look don't worry about the laces um you throw me a clean ball one that i can catch and i'll get the ball down and i'll get the laces turned and that helped me out and you know it, it's always different with who's catching the ball who's holding um, and who's snapping so i mean that was great for starting out because we're, we were still trying to get to know each other and and find out where my spot is, um, where he needs to catch it to get the laces every time. Um, so that was great for me to hear because I didn't, I didn't want that stress on me. So that kind of relieved me. But now this year, um, we've gotten to the point where we're comfortable enough. We know where to catch it, um, you know, where I need to snap it in terms of location on Tom to get the laces. Now, I mean, it's... It's a little absurd to expect a snapper to snap a perfect ball every time because we're not robots, right? We're humans, and we're going to screw things up. Um, but I think we do a good job of, as a unit, is making each other right. So if I have a bad ball, um, you know, laces back sometimes. Tom, you know, helps me out and moves the laces. Nice. Um, hopefully most of the time I'll help him out. He doesn't have to do anything. He just catches it and puts it down. Um yeah. You know, but I think it just depends on, you know, who you're working with and how, what they're comfortable with. But Tom's been really good to me, and he's helped me out a lot, so I don't have any issues with that. You know, Zach, most uh, people, uh, layman's folks, like, you know, people that don't know much about the special teams world, or even high school kickers that don't know this, you know, at the high school and college level, uh, the short snap's typically at seven yards, maybe seven and a quarter, maybe even seven and a half. But at the NFL level, it's eight yards. For you, like when you went from SMU, uh, probably snapping at seven and seven and a half, I'm assuming, um, then going to eight yards in the NFL from the snapper to the holder, what kind of transition was that for you? Was it pretty easy? Uh, was it hard? What did you do to make adjustments on that? Um, I think what was the tough part is I didn't, I didn't pay much attention to it in college like I would like to because, you know, in my mind, I, I wanted to go as a defense alignment, so I was putting my everything, all my effort into that, and then snapping was secondary. Um, but I remember uh, my first year with uh, the Cowboys, their training camp, it was difficult for me. Um, finding the right spot, how to throw the ball, like my stance, um, finding out where that spot was where I would throw laces every time, what location, and it was very difficult for me. But... Just for any of those young guys that are wondering about that, I mean, just consistency is key in this position, right? So, like, if you're not finding the ball that you want and you're not getting the ball you want, just keep changing things. Find what works for you. And then once you once you find it, you know, just do it over and over and over again until, you know, your body just memorizes it. And you don't have to think. You can just throw the ball and it just gets exactly where you want it, you know, and just... Doing that consists, I've snapped thousands and thousands and thousands of balls. I remember my first year with the Cowboys at training camp um, during meetings or during lunchtime, I would eat really quickly and then I'd be out snapping balls against the field goal post for 45 minutes before practice even started. I would just, I don't know, I was really determined to get that done because I, I like to be challenged a lot and this was something completely new for me to have to be perfect um, 
and just be accurate all the time. Like as as a position player, you can you can make a mistake and make up with it with effort. But now as a snapper, if you screw up, everybody knows about it, and you just have to sit there and take it. And I didn't I didn't want that to happen to me, so I made sure that I got there. And I put the extra hours in um, to make sure I I found what worked for me. And um, you know, this turned out turned out right. Nice. So, all right, so this ties into one of our listener questions. Uh, Alec Wallensford, he goes to uh, Missouri Western State. He just wanted to ask you, how do you handle bad snaps? How do you get out of, out of a rut? What's your mentality on, on on getting it right and getting out of it? Well, that's a good one. Um, that's, that's probably the hardest thing to do because um, anybody who's a snapper knows that this whole thing is completely mental. And I've, unfortunately, I've seen guys – who are amazing snappers have one of those kind of snaps and not be able to recover from it. And it just, they get, in the, get inside their own heads and drive themselves crazy. And um, what I've tried to learn how to do is not think about it, just, you know, the next snap. And I just try to wipe that one out of my memory and go back to my basics and try to clear my head, which is the hardest. I mean, it's easier said than done, and it takes a lot of practice. Um, I know I, at first, when I first started off, and even this year a little bit, I had a lot of anxiety before each snap because, you know, your brain, for some reason, likes to throw all those negative thoughts in your head. Mm-hmm. You know, this is probably going to be a snap, but we screwed all up, Zach. You know, I'm like, <laughs> why are you doing <laughs> yeah. this to me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but you gotta you gotta push those out. And what I'm trying to learn how to do is embrace that anxiety mm-hmm. and that nervousness, and just you know, I'm not gonna try to fight it off or deny the feelings anymore. I just embrace it like it is what it is. I'm not gonna let it you know mess with me anymore. I'm just gonna throw a good ball. And you know, I've done this a thousand times. I'm you know just focusing on my target and just let my body do what it's been doing for two years now. And um, it hasn't failed me yet, so that's what I would focus on. It's just trusting yourself and your ability, like knowing that you've done it over and over again. You've done it perfectly over and over again. And the only thing that's hyping it up is all those external factors, like it's a big game, um, big moment in the game, a lot of fans, a lot of people watching, you know, the fear is growing up. Those are all just distractions. You know, it's not reality. It's It's... It doesn't exist only in your head. Yeah. You exactly. Push that, out. That, that two minutes or so, what you just said, may have been the best knowledge, like, on this whole podcast in the last mm-hmm. year. I mean, no lie, like, that was, like, super facts. I mean, I just, I, that was so true for kickers, punters, snappers, holistically. Like, you said that beautifully, and I really hope that everyone that's listening, including Chris and I, just, like, that registered and just clicks, because... As soon as, just spinning off on you, Zach, like, even as kicking coaches, like, talking to a 15-year-old, getting in there to ready to kick his first extra point of the season, whatever. Like, as soon as you put a negative thought in your head, before you even walk on that field, you're already dropping your success rate to, like, 50%. So, I mean, like, Zach, you just, like, killed that, and, and I really hope that all you guys rewind this on the podcast, listen to that over again, because you're, you're hearing NFC champ back-to-back, long snapper that's snapping dimes to two of the best in the league right now that just spit so much truth. So we really hope you guys listen to that. Great. That was a great testimony there, Zach. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. 
Yeah, so Zach, I want to just build off that, even from a snapper's perspective, just because we know we're going to get more snappers listening to this. Say you got in a little rut, you know, you're you're trying to stay mentally focused and staying positive. Do you have two or three go-to snapping drills that you just go back to just to make sure your, your snaps are on point? Um, I don't know if I would call them drills. Um, I like I like to feel, I guess I just go based on feeling for me. Um, so I, I do the same thing every time. I don't want to change anything I do. Whenever I have a bad snap, I always feel my body's a little out of rhythm. Like between my legs, um, my follow through, and my hands, there's always like a, I always have a rhythm. When I'm snapping really well and everything just seems to be hitting on point, I don't have to. It's like legs, arms, hands, follow through. It's just all consistent, like a domino effect. Anytime I get in trouble, it's one of those things gets out of whack. It should be hitting like boom, 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 boom. And sometimes it's like boom, 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 boom. You know, um, so. What I do is if I have a bad snap, I'll go to the sideline, I'll grab Tom and be like, hey, I'm going to sit here and snap 100 balls until I get it right. So we'll be, I'll be on the sideline snapping field goals the whole time until it feels good to me again. You know, everybody's different. You know, some people don't like to do anything. Like, oh, that was just a bad ball. Um, that's not me. But um, I need that. I, I, I like to feel a rhythm when I snap between all those little points I, I made. But... Um, I remember when we played, I think it was Cleveland. We played Cleveland, and I had two. I had a low snap in the beginning, and I got railed by Sean Payton when I came off the field. And, um, and man, that was tough. You're talking about putting some nerves on your spine. Having that guy yell at you, it's, you know, it makes you feel like you're two feet tall. Um, <laughs> but one, one of the great things my coaches did, he said, hey, don't worry about that. Throw your ball. Get out of your head. You know, yeah. that helps me out a lot. So that's what I try to do. So, so Zach, been, a, been an awesome interview. I, I got my last question, and then Chris may have two or three more. Uh, this is a fun question that we do with all of our specialists that uh, come on the podcast. And, and we know probably the, the Mercedes-Benz um, there in New Orleans is probably going to be number one. We, we get it. Uh, talk about like the top five stadiums, atmosphere uh, that you've uh, been able to partake in playing in the league. Uh, well, you already, you already called my first one. It was definitely going to be the Dome because that place is absolutely insane. Um, and it's hard to compare any other stadium like that in terms of atmosphere. Sure. Um, I know Seattle's very loud. Um, that was one of the big games. I was like, man, it's, you can't hear a freaking thing in here. Um, I Did tell you this, this year or, or last year? No, this when I was with the Cowboys. It was their during a preseason game, and it was still very loud in there. Um, which was, you know, it's crazy. I, I, you only you don't hear about it, but when, until you get there, it's just everybody's like the whole the crowd's right on top of you, and your ears are ringing the whole time. So hopefully, your team's killing that game, so the, the crowd's not so loud. But if uh, Seattle's up, it gets pretty rowdy in there. Um, you know, I, we played at Green Bay last year, and I thought. That was an incredible place to play. Um, just, you know, historically, all the people that have been there, you just, the Lambo Leap and everything, it was just a really cool spot to play in. Um, and I thought the Coliseum in LA was really cool to play in. Um, nice. Yeah. And then uh, my last two, 
this would be uh, we played New York this year, and like I said, with uh, Seattle, the the stands just go up and they're like kind of over you, so it gets very loud in there. And it's a really cool place to be at. And then lastly, it would be Dallas. Dallas just has an incredible stadium. I don't know if you guys have been to Dallas, AT and T, but it, it's absolutely nuts. It's like a it's like a, a show when you go in there and play. Nice. Those are all those are all good. It's very similar to ones you've heard from other folks as well. Hey, random, one more random question just hit me. Uh, is, has Lutzi been trying to grow the grow the flow out? I haven't seen his hair this long since I've met him. Oh. <laughs> yeah, he is. Like, is there He's got the flow. about this? Huh? What's the scoop on this? Like, is, is he just going to keep on going for maybe like five years? I mean, I'd love to know if Lutzi's trying to go like long hair, don't care mentality. <laughs> I, would, I would love to see him like Timo was last year. With the long mane, you know? Yeah. Thomas looked like a centaur last year. <laughs> um, but, you know, Tom, Tom, Tom cut his hair, and then Will was like, well, one of the guys has that long hair on this squad. So he decided it was him. So he, he grew it out. And right now it looks good. You know, he's got the flow working for him, but I don't know how much longer he should go because he's getting a little out of hand. No, he sits in me and scratches his head. Next time you see him, maybe tomorrow or whenever you are back, Ask him if he remembers coming to my house uh, with a couple other college guys. It was like four or five years ago, I mean, maybe four years ago. And he, him and the, the guys, when they were training with me down here, they, they stole our Doritos and ate a whole bag of Doritos before we all went to bed. And see if he remembers that. He probably won't. But um, <laughs> my wife and I were talking about it the other day when, when we were about to host a couple other college kids down here for training. And uh, we'll see if he remembers that. Um, He's, he's, he's a great dude, man, and we, we really appreciate uh, you both being on the podcast. Chris, go ahead and finish uh, your last couple questions, man. Nice. All right, I got two. One is listener-generated. The other one, I'm just curious. You're in the NFL, the fastest of the fast athletes. How hard or easy is it to make that open field tackle when you're running downfield? Impossible. <laughs> <laughs> if they, I only get it if they, like, fall into me because other than that, I, I'm getting ran past. So what guys, is your role just to direct, redirect? Is that what your role is running downfield if you can't tackle him? Um, my coach thinks I can tackle. I don't know where he gets that from, but he's like, go straight to the ball and, um, you know, do your best pretty much. Um, I do try – in my head, I'm trying to cut off to where the help is, you know. And usually I can squeeze in there if my teammate's around and he's trying to cut and make people miss. Is the only time I'm getting in the tackle. Um, other than that, I'm just cut off or playing safety, um, trying to clean up. Nice. Sweet. All right. Last question here. Last, uh, listener generated question comes from a young fan. Uh, I actually found out today he's a uh, season ticket holder, so he's pretty excited. Um, so some fan biased on this one, I think. So I'm going to, I'm going to add a part B to this question. So this kid, uh, Peter Laughlin asked, how does it feel to work with the best kicker and punter in the league? And then I'm going to just kind of add on to it. What have they taught you being veterans in the league since you're kind of newer into the league? Um, well, it's I've been, I've been blessed to have these two guys as my um, teammates for my first couple of years in the league. And hopefully I get to stay with them for a lot longer. You know, um, like I said before, Thomas is my mentor. I don't tell him that because he'll get too cocky about it. But... <laughs> He, he's really helped me out this year, you know, just in terms of, 
you know, breaking down um, rush blocks, you know, um, just the, the schemes of the of the punt of the punt team. He's really helped me out with, and just in t- terms of like transitioning into the league and being comfortable, you know, and with dealing with the pressures. He's been a huge help with that. You know, he's just he's an amazing guy. Um, anybody who knows him will say that. You know, he's just a one of a kind. And Will is the biggest competitor that I know. You know, he's one of those guys who loves being loves the pressure. You know, he he, he thrives in that kind of environment. He always he always talks about. Um, he feels like he feels like every time he goes out to kick, he's you know he's playing for his life, like his life depended on it. And he said he, he loves that feeling because he embraces it, and he goes out and gets the job done. You know, it's like either make this kick or you know get cut. That's kind of his mentality, and it's working for him. You know, so I've been able to pull things from both of them, um, whatever I felt like I needed um, to help my weaknesses as a player, and um, I've been really blessed to have these two guys oh that's awesome well guys uh listeners hopefully you guys enjoyed this interview um you know every every interview's got its own style its own story the own you know learning opportunities and you know i I enjoyed this man uh especially you talking about the mental side of being a specialist because it doesn't really get addressed a lot and you know specialists are always the sometimes the joke of the team sometimes and all that stuff. So it's, it's, it's good to kind of dig deep into how you handle that pressure as well. So thanks Zach. I appreciate that. Absolutely. No problem. Thank you guys. Thanks Zach, man. Best of luck the rest of the way. We hope you guys win the ship, dude. Yes, sir. I appreciate <laughs> you guys. All right. Going? Yeah. Take care. Man, Brian, that was awesome. That was cool for him to talk about the mental side of the game what it was like. I mean, he talked real. I mean, I was connecting with it as a specialist, just as a person, as an athlete. And uh, I'm sure it's going to resonate with other people that listen. Yeah, I, I I really, I mean, bold statement on my end, but I, I think that was probably the best two-minute uh, little spill there and probably our whole podcast segment there. I mean, just because it hit home, and I think a lot of specialists struggle with that. And a lot of specialists don't even realize what's going on on the mental side, on the back end of things, subconsciously what's going on. And I mean, he killed it. And what's so cool is just the humility of that and him being transparent as an NFL athlete, one of the top 32 NFL snappers in the league, just being, you know, just like a 15-year-old snapper that's going out to snap his first snap in a game in varsity, you know. Same type of anxiety feelings. And just like you said, you got to embrace it, know that it's just there, recognize it. And don't be scared of it, and just execute and do what you you've been doing, you know, every day in practice. Yeah, I, you just took the words out of my mouth. I was about to say the same thing, you know. And maybe, uh, maybe we need to do an industry tips session on just how to handle the mental side of being a specialist. But uh, yeah, I mean, number one rule is just acceptance, really, and, and and understanding that it's there, and figuring out ways to embrace it, you know, and so and acknowledging it. So. Man, really enjoyed it. Hopefully you guys, the listeners, 40 Nation, liked it. You know, do us a favor. Retweet it if you can. Share it with your friends and specialists because we know that everybody can learn something from this interview. So uh, thank you all for listening, and uh, we'll see you next week. Later, guys.
Thanks, everybody, for listening to the podcast today. And just a reminder, if you need gear for kicking, punting, or long snapping, Wizard Sports Equipment has you covered. They offer quality products, quality service, and affordable prices. So if you want 5% off your next order, go to www.wizardsports.com. That's wizardsports.com and get 5% off your next order. And remember, enter discount code 4thDown, that's the number 4, T-H-D-O-W-N, to get your 5% off your next order. Thank you for listening to the 4th Down Experience. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at 4th Down Experience.